Ontology, the Waystation of Red Pill Sanity Written by William Leo Translated by Deep L and a Human Read for you by Eric, Jenny, Mia, and many other bots Previously in the Ontology podcast series Both the Americans and the Taliban consider the Islamic State their most deadly nemesis. After the Islamic State entered Nangarhar, the local Taliban cried, if this goes on, the Taliban will all become the Islamic State. The axis of evil surrounds Inner Asia from three sides. The turmoil in Inner Asia directly threatens these three countries but does not directly affect the United States and the Wilson world. If the US wants to preserve the world order, it should not divert its limited resources and focus on Inner Asia. Season 4 The Islamic World and the Inner Asian Order Episode 7 The Islamic State in Inner Asia The most efficient and effective means for the United States to improve the long-term security and interests of her own and her allies is to abandon the peripheral world that has not established real nations and instead concentrate on reconstructing the middle level where the state apparatus and institutions do exist. The only challengers of the American order are all from the middle level where the real threat of being able to create local wars and invade weak neighboring countries also comes from. Potential good candidates that can be democratized and thus supplement and reinforce the Wilsonianism world such as Japan and Korea all emerge from the middle level as well. The United States has enormous benefits and imperatives to both nurture and transform potential helpers such as India, Indonesia, and Kurdish and curb potential challengers such as China, Russia, and Iran. Inner Asia is a huge burden and fatal risk for the above three challengers, but obviously poses less threat to the United States and its allies. Therefore, neither does the US need to adopt Machiavellianism like supporting the Soviet Union against Germany or supporting the Khmer Rouge against Vietnam, nor to help its challengers solve their own worries. The rise of the Islamic State in the Fertile Crescent area has sown the seeds of destruction for the three empires, Russia, Iran, and China, surrounding Inner Asia and has provided a very favorable situation for the United States and Israel. The Israelis immediately realized those the Islamic State harms the most are precisely the nemesis of Israel. Israel's security threats come mainly from two aspects. One is the threat of nuclear proliferation from Iran and Pakistan, and the other is the authoritarian states that shelter terrorism. Although the Islamic State also practices anti-Israelism and terrorism, its tactics drop to a level far below that of Hezbollah and Hamas. The Israeli security sector does not need to fear this threat. The Islamic State's existence ruled out the possibility of Syria's unification, leaving Israel with no need to pursue a peace treaty. The Islamic State has also created a fragmented Middle East, a status better effective to safeguard Israeli security and interests than any Camp David Accord. Perhaps the most similar situation in history was this, although the Cultural Revolution was ideologically more anti-American than Orthodox Stalinism, it was in the real political sense very much in line with the interests of the United States. The Stalinist military industry construction could exert actual military pressure on the Pacific Front, while the Cultural Revolution has reduced this threat to a level closer to the Boxer Rebellion. The political turbulence and social corrosiveness of the Cultural Revolution had mainly damaged the followers of the Soviet Union and the Soviet Union model and had almost no lethal effect on the capitalist world. If American policymakers fail to take full advantage of the opportunities created by Islamic State, it would only reveal their lack of fundamental judgment and understanding of world structure and dynamics. 
The incompetence of the countries involved proves the necessity of the Roman order and Roman power, which is enough to promote the routinization and regularization of the American arbitration rights, or at least it can also accumulate more favorable precedents. These precedents are indispensable for building a world security system and may also constitute the prototype of a world constitution. The export of the Roman order is not free of cost. It must be at the cost of consuming the domestic political resources of the United States. The conditions and procedures for the purchase of the Roman order by the nations will inevitably constitute an important constitutional issue for the future world. Although after the first Gulf War, countries have accumulated precedences in this regard, these practices are still specific and individualized and yet to form a norm of worldwide coordination. The war on terror constitutes an excellent opportunity to accelerate the clarification of the norms in this regard and becomes an indispensable step in the constitutional system of all nations and the world order. Since the Islamic State poses almost no threat to the security of the homeland of the United States, the elimination of security threats outside the United States can only be achieved through international coordination. The United States does not need to and should not take unilateral actions or send ground troops. The Islamic State strikes have and will continue to sweep away American enemies and political communities that are unfit for nation construction, making the new political communities that can pass the test be either friendlier to the United States or more conducive to the prerequisites for a sound community, both of which will actually benefit the Middle East and the good governance and security of the world. The internationally coordinated counterterrorism mechanism can rationalize the rights and obligations of the nations in the world order, curb irresponsible free riders and apprentices, liberate responsible and capable allies such as Japan and Poland, and cultivate potential good candidates such as Mongolia and Kurdish, and hence promote a virtuous cycle of world order. What is particularly important is that the coordination mechanism can effectively draw boundaries, exposing the patrons of the Islamic State, they are also the only challengers of the American order, under the wrath of the nations, and establish and continually reinforce an effective punishment mechanism against the patrons of evil through international coordination. Even if the US cannot make full use of the opportunity and only stays inactive, she is still the country most difficult for ISIS to do harm to and the indirect beneficiary of its actions to damage the stability of Inner Asia, which is also damaging the three empires around Inner Asia. Today's Russia is a declining and overburdened empire. Like her mother, Byzantium, she lost the self-consciousness necessary to determine her own national interest. The fundamental problem of Russia lies in its inability to cure the fatal injuries Leninism had left behind. The disintegration of the Soviet Union did not restore her economic vitality. She is still in Hotvolta, today known as Burkina Faso in West Africa, with nuclear weapons. The restoration of the Orthodox Church has not restored her social vigor and her population is nonetheless aging and declining. Meanwhile, Muslim immigrants from the Caucasus and Central Asia continue to flow into Russia. The Muslim population constitutes the only rapidly growing part of the Russian population, which accounts for one-third of the young population and will only increase for the foreseeable future. Today Moscow during Eid feels more Baghdad than Baghdad itself, or rather, it feels more Istanbul than its precursor Constantinople before its eventual fall to the Ottomans. The Muslims in Russia are different from those in Europe. They have multi-generational feuds with Russia and submit to Russia only due to Russia's military power. They have reasons to believe that Russia's large territory once belonged to them. Russia's involvement in a conflict against the West in this situation will certainly give itself the worst possible future. 
The longer the Putin government persists, the more likely it is that Russia will disintegrate in a dramatic collapse. Thank you for listening. This is a podcast series produced by Luminous Society. Luminous Society provides you with an alternative historical narrative.